everybody, this is JT here. And if you are hearing this, you have once again, tune into the Consequence of Habit podcast. Uh, I've got a favor. I've got a favor to ask. If, if you guys are liking the content that I'm putting out here on the podcast, please do me a favor and leave a review. Good, bad, indifferent. Uh, well, I don't know about indifferent. I don't, I don't think there's a rating for that. But uh, good, bad. I would love to hear some feedback. Um, we're trying to grow this thing. We're trying to make it better. And any constructive feedback would be much, much appreciated. All right. Hey, this podcast and all the other podcasts are brought to you by, well, well, by me. They're brought to you by me with the support of my favorite sponsor. Well, I, I'm not even going to call my sponsor. My favorite, one of my favorite companies. And that's Athletic Brewing. If you guys want to try some absolutely amazing NA beer, I, I, whatever you like. They got a gold nail. They got, they got multiple stouts now. IPAs, hazy IPAs, West Coast IPAs, whatever you want. You just don't want all the booze. You don't. You don't want the hangover. You don't want the. Um, you don't want the DUI. Who wants a DUI? I don't know. But if you don't want one, but you still want really good beer, then do yourself a favor. If it's your first time ordering. Use the promo code capital C O H twenty. Get twenty percent off your first order of Athletic Brewing. You have to log on first. Go to athleticbrewing.com. Use the promo code. Get yourself 20% off and and just be kind to yourself. Have some great beer without booze. Hey, this week on the podcast, we have on Mr. Dan Hyman. Dan is a male model. And you're like, what what the hell is he doing on there? Just man, it is he is so much deeper than just just a guy who is I don't want to say just. That's not fair. Uh my point is the guy is he's all around. First of all, he looks like a real life superhero. I'm not joking. Uh, but, but more importantly, he's got this, this, this concept of fitness and it's not just the physical side. It's just not the nutritional side. He really dives into, to the mental side. He's got this kind of three pillar approach to, to fitness and it's those three things. It's it's where you are in your headspace. It's your diet. It's your actual workout routine. And he started a project called Eat, Look, and Feel. Uh, he's doing he's doing coaching through this, uh, helping people kind of to not just meet their 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 fitness goals, but just make them an all around healthy person. So, uh, you know, you meet these you meet people like this every once in a while. Guy looks like a Greek god. He's extremely nice, and uh, he's got a great approach to to fitness. And helping people along the way, you know, we we get into the real satisfaction of, of of helping other people. He's a huge proponent of of looking at your habits, habit stacking, and, and um, helping you to to meet all your goals. So, with that said, please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Dan Hyman. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. JT here at the Consequence of Habit Podcast. And today we have on Mr. Dan Hyman. Dan, I appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you so much for having me, JT. So, so Dan, one of the reasons I want to have you on is, is uh, I, I was checking out your platform. I was looking at the, your, your, your training website, Eat, Look, Feel. And there were some things that kind of really stuck out to me. Uh, first of all, you're you're a male model before you all of this, right? So that's right. Yeah, and and, and this actually sounds strange even say to, saying it to you, but the, the someone can look at your uh, some of your work you've done before, and they go, mm-hmm. "Oh my god, this 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 almost seems unattain- unattainable for 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 your average person." You're how tall are you? Six what? Six five. Yeah, six five. Uh, 2% body fat, all these, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if that, that's, that's exactly true, but after mm-hmm. looking into your, uh, the, the concept behind eat, look, feel there's way more to, to what you've got going on than, than just, you know, posting on Instagram. And, and I, that's the stuff I really, I found interesting. It's the stuff I want to discuss today. I think it's really the, the important, uh, the important things, but before we get to that, first of all, uh, just tell us where you're from, uh, just a little bit of your background. Yeah, so I think, like like you say, um, obviously, one thing that I like to get across to everyone, particularly my clients, and, and, and there's a reason where Eat Look Feel was born, is that 
everyone can make sort of progression with their health, right? Like my, my sort of sort of past, if you like being in the sort of modeling space, um, my priorities have to be very different mm-hmm. um, to sort of be the best model that I can for per se. So I have to, you know, make sort of sacrifices that your average person doesn't need to. Um, for instance, you know, if I have an underwear shoot that week, therefore then I just have to look at, you know, my weekend probably has to look slightly different mm-hmm. to the average person. So that's where, I mean, like straight away, I, I appreciate you sort of saying that it's it's an unattainable sort of thing, but you, you have to take everyone's individual situation into account, right? Yeah, it's impossible to it's impossible to sort of blanket diagnose health if you like yeah. across the board for everybody. Everyone's situation is completely different, and everyone can make progress wherever they are. That's the beauty of health. You, you know, you can't complete it. Yeah, so you're you're in London now. Um, Correct. Are, are you from, are you, you're not from London though, or, or are you? Uh, so no, so I'm actually originally from the South coast. Uh, so I'm from a place called Hastings, which is in the South coast of England, yep. uh, but now London based. Yeah. Um, and then, sorry, to go back to your question previous, I have been, I've been modeling now for roughly six years. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied at university prior to that. Uh, I studied marketing, actually moved to London. Um, long story short, got scouted to model. Um, kind of ignored it initially, uh, kind of thought they say that to every tall person. Um, and then that led to sort of decided to potentially explore the idea to earn a bit of extra money. I was sort of, sort of living on the breadline, if you like, at the time, just straight out of university. London's an expensive place. Yeah. Um, and f- sort of from there, started modelling, uh, started trying to do both. So I was working full-time uh, in a marketing consultancy at the time, trying to try doing both, didn't work. Uh, so then six months later, I then actually decided to go full-time modeling. Um, and then, yeah, have been ever since, which then led on to me sort of doing my qualifications in personal training and nutrition. Um, and then, yeah, launched Eat Look Feel about 18 months ago now. Okay. Uh, and then on the online platform launched towards the end of last year. So, so I, I definitely... I think the, the the meat of this is is to to get into the, the whole fitness side and, and your mindset because that's that's the, that's the stuff I think is the, the the biggest benefit. But there is something. So you and I spoke for I don't know ten minutes uh, last week, the week before, uh, even about yeah. the male modeling side, and 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 I, I can I I can almost feel that you're you're kind of hesitant to, to talk about that because it's it's the eat look and feel. But there was something that stood out in our conversation I, I found interesting. So, so you're, so you're just walking and then somebody comes up to you they ask you about, Hey, would you be interested in, in being a male model? Yep. You blow it off, right? You get asked again, but it, it happens in a specific area. Am I, am I saying that correct? Uh, that there, there's a specific area where, where these, what are they scouts or something that hang that, that they hang out? Completely that. Yeah. I actually got scouted at, um, it was outside Oxford circus tube station. I mean, people that are familiar with London will understand. Uh, it's a pretty busy sort of area with high footfall and I, you know, you always get model scouts there. Um, so yeah, I got stopped once, uh, kind of ignored it. Like I said, I just thought they say that to everybody. Uh, and then I got scouted actually twice more there. Um, it's a hype thing. I'm sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but you do know that, that you, you would tell that to other people and, and, there's, there's guys who might want to be a male model that are, are probably like standing up straighter or, or doing some push-ups before they walk. I'm going outside yeah, of the yeah, circus. Yeah. Some, <laughs> some I wouldn't recommend, by the way, that's not, that's <laughs> not the route into the industry. <laughs> I was like, man, I've walked by that, that same spot a thousand times yet. Nobody's <laughs> approached me. Um, all right. So, and, and you just made a connection. You said, Hey, well, so I'm in the, um, um, doing the modeling thing, which led me to get my certifications. Why is it that being a, a model, what was that transition? Because a lot of people just, it's, it's not about training other people. They're just, if they're, I mean, it sounds like things are going pretty well for you, just in, even on the modeling side, what was it about, um, uh, what drew you to actually getting certifications that, in nutrition and, and, and fitness? I think to be honest, it was, it was when I first started modeling, I, I sort of realized pretty quickly that I needed to look after myself a little bit more. 
uh, sort of within the modeling space, obviously, as, as I'm sure, you know, it, it's pretty obvious, it's a very superficial industry. Yep. Um, you know, you are, you are judged, judged on sort of your appearance, your skin, your hair, your teeth, your body. Um, so it pretty quickly, you realize to be the best model that I could be, I needed to look after myself in, in the best way that I could. Um, and that's what then sort of led to me sort of understanding a bit more about nutrition, sort of looking towards training in different ways to sort of create a physique that, you know, I could then sort of portray to clients if you like. Um, and then, yeah, just, just, just reading around there, went down a bit of a rabbit hole with it, sort of started learning and understanding and seeing sort of changes myself, mm-hmm. which I, which I really enjoyed. Uh, and then I thought, right, let's take this to the next level. Um, also, within, you know, it's, it's, it's always, I think it's always good within the modeling industry as well to just keep your brain moving. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, you, you kind of lose that. Say it's not the most self-fulfilling industry in terms of like educational ways, if yeah. you like. Yeah, yeah. So for me, it was very important to just keep, um, keep learning, keep moving in the right direction with everything, uh, which obviously led to me doing my, like I say, uh, personal training qualification uh, and then sort of digging digging a bit deeper and doing my diploma in nutrition also mm-hmm. hmm. so so now you you've you've got two things going on am I, am I correct in saying that you've got the modeling which I don't know how much that is happening within the the, the covid uh, space correct, yeah. um, and then you launch uh, eat look and feel yeah how what was that? What was that transition? What what motivated you to start that platform? And 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 you know, you know, we'll start with that, and then we'll kind of really dive into what eat, look, and feel is. Yeah. So again, it, it came from sort of education, and I kind of um, the more I sort of dug dug deeper into into sort of nutrition and training and mindset, which is obviously the three pillars of eat, look, feel. Um, I sort of realized that, you know, those are the three core principles to living a healthy lifestyle. And I really thought there was a gap in the market for, like I say, that actual lifestyle change where as a model, I've had to sort of create these things for myself in a sustainable way. And it, it was all just, I mean, as, as it's no secret that within the sort of fitness space, there's a lot of fad diets, there's a lot of things with endpoints. Um, whereas the sort of healthy lifestyle, I thought there was a big sort of gap there. And it really is aligning those three core principles. So it's aligning your nutrition, your training and your headspace. So you eat, look, feel, aligning those three core principles towards better for yourself. And that was just where it was born from. And, uh, you know, I, I sort of started playing around with things and thought, you know what, this is this is valuable. The sort of practices that I've sort of implemented myself over the years, I've then now given these on to clients and I saw sort of clients really enjoying it and that whole lifestyle side of things. And then Eat Look Feel was born. And then, like I said, we launched the uh, online platform um, towards the end of last year. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been a really good start. It's been a really, really encouraging start having those three pillars is huge, right? So you and I were talking literally right before we hit record and, and, and I'm obviously older than, than you are. But, uh, when I first got out of the military, I, I, I was working at a, at a gold's gym and I mean, anyone knows you, you think gold's, you think like Venice beach, Arnold Schwarzenegger in the eighties. Uh, <clears throat> I was in, I was in Sacramento, but I, I was working at this gym. I was working at a nutritional supplement distribution company and at that point within the fitness industry, things like your mindset and your headspace were, were very foreign. Um, maybe not if you were in like a, a yoga practitioner, um, you know, there was like Zen practitioners, everything was separated, right? It was like these different aspects of of fitness. Uh, the one aspect that I was involved in was more of just like the resistance training, the weightlifters, and I can honestly say when, when we're talking about mental health, I'm no expert, right? But I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, these were some of the most unhealthy people as far as, as mental health. I mean, they were, it was, I mean, obviously it was riddled with, 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 uh, people, you know, steroids and, and Im- image, you know, you spoke about ego a little bit before we started. And I think that's, that's something I would really like to kind of get into, but um, mm-hmm. there's, there, there, there's a transition and it's, and it's people like you that, that are, are talking about these, these different aspects of fitness. And especially now, I mean, when you talk about yeah. needing to, to think about your, your mental health, um, was, was COVID a catalyst 
for the for the 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 uh, app? Yeah, completely. And I think um, you've, you've made such a good point there that there is a big gap in the market. And, and it, it, to be honest, it's getting smaller um, between the whole sort of body composition side of health mm-hmm. and the mental side of health. And health's multifaceted, right? Like it, it, it's not just your physical appearance. It's definitely part of your health. But health is, it's your social health. It's your financial health. It's your educational health. Yeah. It's very multifaceted health and it's different to every single person. Um, and that, that sort of links back to what I was saying at the start, where for me, obviously I had to put a focus onto my body composition and my aesthetics because of my career, but not everybody has to apply that. So I probably had to make at times unhealthy sacrifices in terms of maybe my social life and make sacrifices in terms of that side of maybe my mental health at some times where I had to make sacrifices to, to really focus on my aesthetics because that's obviously the space that I, that I earn in. And that's the career that I was, that I was sort of pursuing at the time. Whereas obviously not everybody has that goal. So it's really, really important to, sort of align everything for you depending on where you want to take things personally. And that's what we try and do at Eat Your Feel, you know, with, with, like I said, around the sort of nutrition training and the, the headspace, they're all as equal as each other. You know, it's yeah. not, it's not just one without the other. Right. You, you need to align all three to where you want to go. Yeah. Did you, have you found any, the fact that you're you're modeling the fact that that you've made the sacrifices to to build a physique that that is um, certainly not the the ordinary right. Do you, mm-hmm. Have you found that as a hurdle at all to make a connection with other people, or where you you really have to tell them, hey, look, this isn't this isn't for you. Just, everything you just said, this doesn't have to be for you to look mm-hmm. like this. This doesn't even have to be your goal. Um, but have you found any resistance from other people just to, to be able to break down that barrier, just to kind of make that connection with them? Uh, I think to an extent, yes. I think almost going back to what you said initially as well, it's, it's almost that unattainability, if you like. Yeah. Uh, like, and I, I do believe that probably does throw some people off. Um, but at the same time, I think from sort of my, I hope from my channels and the conversations I have with, with, with leads and, and clients, sure. they, they sort of understand pretty quickly what I'm about. And, and I'm, you know, I portray the, the sort of shape that I'm in and stuff in a healthy way, but also very much because of my career. And, you know, if I, if I wasn't shooting, say, underwear weekly, I'm sure things would look slightly different for me where I would put more of a, more of an emphasis, you know, into say maybe social life at weekends and different aspects of my health that I wouldn't take so seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well let's get into, uh, let's get into habits, man. Yeah, yeah, I can, yeah. I can tell in talking to you last time and before we hit record, I mean, habits plays a huge part in your, in your life. Uh, you, you're, you're well-versed in, in, um, some important things like habit stacking one, let's, well, let's just start off with, with your day. I mean, what, what are your, some of your habits that you've, you've built over, over time and, and some of the benefits that have come along from them? For sure. Yeah. I mean, like for, for me, habits are, are very important. Um, and a bit like what we said previous about working sort of within the modeling space is that you learn pretty quickly. You don't get much time. Um, the way the industry works is you need to be kind of at the top of your game consistently. Um, and you don't, you know, you, unfortunately things don't work where you get two weeks until a shoot. So, you know, you can get your skin looking good and your hair looking good, everything like that. You need to kind of stay at the top of your game. And that's where relying on habits is so powerful. Um, because if you don't have the habits in place, I don't believe that it's possible to sustain over a long period of time. There's an end point to it. Um, so I mean, going back to say some of my habits, I, I personally use the habit stacking model, um, probably subconsciously as well as consciously. Um, so just little things like, I know that when I wake up and then I wash my face and clean my teeth, then that leads to me going and making a coffee. Then I also like to train really early in the morning. Then I go out and then the music goes on in the gym, which then all of a sudden kicks me into gear. That's almost subconscious now. And those habits back onto each other every time. And then I incorporate things like the path of least resistance, which I think is a very, very, very powerful tool. Um, And that say, for instance, 
I'll leave my gym gear out the night before. Yeah. So that eliminates the decision fatigue in the mornings, right? So I wake up and it's all laid out for me. It's easy. So I get that on. Then my toothbrush is left out already on the side. My coffee pot is already on the side for me. Yeah. I go yeah. I go out to the gym and the, the gym key is by the by the front door to go out and use the, the gym that I've got um, here. So it's it's just creating, you know, it's using that path of least resistance to make things as easy as they can for myself, knowing that that's all going in the right direction for me. Is some of that stuff you've also just taken on to actually studying yourself? I mean, uh, habit forming, everyone kind of gets it, but but there's a science behind a lot of these things and it's mm-hmm. become a really, you know, a somewhat popular thing. Um, is it something that you put a lot of time into, into kind of studying or, or is it just kind of just been your, your, your model that you've been uh, going off of? Probably a culmination of the two, to be honest. Uh, I have done a lot of reading around habits and I read quite a few, quite a lot of say like health, uh, sorry, self-development type books. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have sort of done my research, but again, it's, you know, you, you can read all the books in the world. It's actually about implementing these ideas sure. and, you know, I've learned things. So for instance, uh, an example I'll use for you is one of my goals this year has been to read more books. Um, I'm, I'm a big audio book man, yeah. uh, but actually physically reading. I only tend to do it when I'm traveling. And when now obviously travel has been gone for a while, I've sort of noticed that I'm not reading as much. And one thing I've done recently is started putting my books by uh i've got a bike in the gym static bike uh-huh. and leaving my book by the bike and it's that 10 minutes just maybe potentially even warming up or cooling down or so just just jumping on and reading you know 10 pages it's the compound effect of that you know and then i'll, I'll look back in a month's time and i'm halfway through that book that would have been still sitting on the, sh- the shelf here so it's, i guess it's kind of a culmination of the two I, I do sort of try and incorporate some ideas as well as say you know, um, subconsciously just probably adopt healthy habits now. Yeah. What's, what's been some of your, your biggest, um, kind of, I don't know if surprise is the, is the right word, but, but it, when you start the platform, you start talking to other people. Are there challenges in, in talking to other people and trying to spread your message of your three pillars, uh, that you weren't expecting uh, I mean, what is that interaction with it, with the clients been in it? And, and what were some of the surprises that kind of came along with that? But, yeah, very much so. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's one of, probably one of the biggest ones I've come across, uh, with clients and this is kind of across the board is the motivation. So for instance, a client would, when a client sort of reaches out to me or signs up to eat, look, feel, um, it's usually in a very, very motivated mindset. Mm, yeah. So they'll reach out, they'll reach out to me when motivation's up like super high, right? They, they're, they're super keen on, you know, make, whether it's a body composition goal, whether it's just generally improving their health, they're really keen on making change. So that's why they've reached out to me. So the motivation's high, um, but we can't rely on motivation and, I think that's a really, really powerful tool. So then inevitably two or three weeks in when, when motivation drops down, that's when then habits become really important because then it's the habitual nature of what they're doing day to day that really needs to take over because we can all eat well and train well and be in a really good headspace on good days. But then it's the habits that we need to fall back on when the motivation isn't there and on those bad days. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing that I've really noticed with, with clients is that, you know, the, the motivation drops off and, and particularly within the health and wellness space sort of to, to sort of make it relevant to that space in particular, I think clients are body, body composition goals and health changes take time and require patience. Unfortunately, there isn't a quick answer. Um, and I think this is quite powerful because it goes back to say, it's the speed of reward, yeah. if you like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is a, this is a really powerful sort of um, topic as well that I found with clients is that if you, for instance, behaviours that get rewarded get repeated yeah. in terms of like habits. Sure. So the clients. So if a client say it gets to, you know, it's it gets to a say Saturday night, right, and you know what's good for you long-term and that's to, you know, cook a nutritious meal that, that aligns with, with your goals. Um, but 
you have got an overling overlinging feeling of say consuming a over sorry over consuming with a takeaway mm -hmm. per se yep. and you know it's that delayed regret and instant satisfaction and it's switching that especially within the health and the health and wellness space so the instant the instant satisfaction is getting the takeaway right it's easy you don't have to cook it's it tastes nice but then you've got that delayed regret whereas the instant regret could be for instance oh i've got now i've got to cook a meal it's potentially not as nice as over consuming um but then you've got the long-term satisfaction and it's one thing that's very, very powerful in the space is switching that mindset with clients to what's best for them long-term and that long-term satisfaction rather than the, as, as humans, I think psycholo psychologically, we, we want instant reward and it's very, very difficult to implement patience. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's a powerful thing to say just because it, it's so across the board. So whether you're trying to, yourself, right? You've got a photo shoot, you're doing an underwear photo shoot, or you've got somebody who's just struggled with, with substance misuse or, or eating disorders. Oh, there's lots of different things that it's that instant gratification that is, um, if, if you're getting instant gratification from something, there's a really high likely, uh, there, there's a really good chance that, that it's probably not good for you overall. Right. It's that that dopamine hit of something quick, something yeah. easy. And then you're right. It's, it's the regret. And I always look at these things because it's a snowball effect is uh, every time you're doing that, it's even if it's subconscious there, there there's something where you're letting yourself down uh, every yeah. time. Right. So so whether it's mm -hmm. you've gone out, and you've had too many, too many beers or or you, you, you ate crappy or, or or whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm it just lowers the bar for yourself over and over and over again. And then what, what, what my experience, what comes with that is the shame that comes along with that. And then, you know, you're down on yourself, which makes you want those little dopamine hits even more. And it, and it just builds on itself and, and, and vice versa. Just, just exactly like you said, if you start doing these things and I always feel not a fraud. I, I mean, I've said it on here before. I'm, I'm always apprehensive about saying these things because uh, I don't want to portray that that I'm living it. But I, I think over time, if you start making these little gains, these little changes in your life, it builds one, you'll see the results. But I think again, subconsciously, you'll feel the results. You'll feel better about yourself. You'll feel, feel a sense of pride that you, maybe you didn't have before. And, uh, and that's, and, and that's what, that's what we all want. Right. I mean, that's, that's where we start making that mental change and, and, I don't even, I don't have a question. I'm literally just, uh, just I completely yeah, but, agree. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, it's, it's in, almost like where you're going is that it's almost emotions that create habits, right? 100%. Rather than, rather than reputation, sorry, repetition. Yeah. Uh, and I think that in itself is a really, really powerful concept. And, um, so it's, it's almost like going back to that, that sort of model that the behaviors that get rewarded get repeated. Yeah. And that's such a powerful, it's those celebrating those little wins that we have. And that's what then create something to become a habit. And like, and for example, I use an example I use with my clients sometimes, and it, and it sounds ridiculous, but I, I believe there is power in it is that I, I often get them if they're struggling to sort of turn up and, and get the, get the exercises done and keep falling off the bandwagon, if you like, is I get them to buy a calendar. Right. And then every time they complete, you know, a, a good day of eating or a, a, a solid workout, I just literally get them to tick that day. And that sounds ridiculous because obviously that tick has nothing to do with sort of their health goals in any way, but it's bringing on that tangible sort of win for them and that accountability, if you like, to then show me at the end of the week, right, here you go, Dan. I've ticked five days this week and it's that emotion of those little wins that can be really, really powerful when creating habits. Yeah. Do you have to remind people or, or so, so well, first of all, ex explain how, explain how the, the, the app works, explain how the interaction with your clients works. I mean, if someone were to sign up for eLook Feel, just kind of walk us through that. Yeah. So basically what we do is we, in, in short, we align 
their nutrition, their training and their mindset towards where they want to go. Okay. So that's done. That's done basically by providing them with a full training program. Um, so again, completely dependent on their access to equipment, where they want to go with things, where they want to take things. Um, then a full nutritional strategy. So again, we'll align their nutrition for them um, based upon, you know, their dietary preferences, their any requirements that they have, um, that sort of thing. We also have a tracker feature. Uh, so what I what I tend to do is try and get clients to sort of check in with me weekly or biweekly, um, just in terms of body metrics, how they're feeling, energy levels, that sort of thing. Uh, so then that just basically, as a coach, gives me a chance. Um, and the team a chance to make any adjustments that we need just to make sure everything's moving for them in the right direction. Um, and then there's also a chat feature. Uh, so essentially that's where we're, we're, we're talking headspace. Okay. So for things like, for instance, anything to do with accountability uh, and motivation to just random things like questions about meals, about workouts, about certain techniques, that sort of thing. So that's essentially in short, the product, um, and yeah, no. Uh, so, and, and that's what we sort of offer hmm. in the on- online coaching side of things. Has the, the mental aspect of it been surprising to you on how much time is is put into that? Um, is it has it is it been right along the line of what you thought it was going to be? I mean, what, what is it? because I, I to be honest, the reason I ask cool. is just because I, I've talked to other trainers, uh, and it and it's almost like like, like being a bartender. So I was a bartender, right? So it's which is which is ironic, right? Uh, but that, <laughs> and that, <laughs> but you end up doing a lot more, um, than just serving drinks. People, you find people confiding in you that, that maybe they Completely, had. To, yeah. yeah. So ha- have you experienced that as well? Very much so. Yeah. I think to be honest, mindset's the, the, the probably the most important pillar of the three. Yeah. Um, I think nutrition and trainings in a, in a way simple to get right. And there's a broad array, there's a broad array of information out there. Um, like there, there's so much research and so much sort of content out there, even from, from social media to, you know, delving a little bit deeper. Um, you, you can find out about how to address your nutrition and training quite easily in the grand scheme of things, but aligning your mental space to where you want to go is really, really powerful. And often in my in my sort of experience just working with clients over the last few years is that if, if the mindset is, is sort of focused, the nutrition and training follow suit quite easily. Whereas if the, you know, you, you can really get your nutrition and training, right. But if your mindset's not there, there's an end point again, it's not, it's not going to be a lifestyle. It's going to, it's going to end badly. There's so many of these things that, that there, there's similarities. And I think the common theme in a lot of things is, is that, that mental space, right? So, Again, I started this because of my bad habits, and, and a lot of people mm-hmm. things are transitioning. But a lot of people come. Like some guy asked me yesterday. He's like, "Hey, is it true that it takes 21 days to build a new habit?" I'm like, "Look, I'm not a habit expert. I'm not. <laughs> I literally started this because I had a lot of bad habits and I had consequences from them, and I changed some of those biggest things. And I, I like talking to people about habits, but the, really, my, my my point of that is that. You're right. The emotions, the mental side of things, that drives everything else. I mean, it literally, so whether that's, again, substance misuse, working out, uh, addiction to work, addiction to whatever, there's so many different vices. I mean, just pick your poison. Uh, but if it, but it, it's all coming from up here. And I think, you know, in, mm-hmm. in the, the substance misuse world, that you know, you, you do something called like a 12 step, right? And, uh, I think everyone should do it, literally, because it, if what it is is it, it connects it connects what's going on in your mind with your actions. If you just yeah. stop the, the actions, is just that's a byproduct. That's a symptom of what's going on between your ears. And I, mm-hmm. I think it, I think it's a perfect fit for for the health industry. It's a perfect fit for everything, man. And I, I think it's so well needed within the health industry because if you pick up a magazine like a muscle and fitness or something like that. It is not yeah. talked about. It is, I mean, literally, it is low-lying fruit for for somebody like you to, to come in and go, hey, man, what the hell? You guys have been missing this for, for years. Completely, yeah. And, 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 you know, that's where sort of Eat Look Phil was born is that I kind of, I, I thought 
and I and my sort of experience within the within the the sort of fitness industry, if you like, is that the, the mindset. This is the most powerful sort of pillar of all is how you're feeling, right? Like at the end of the day, we we eat well and we train well because we want to feel good. Like everything comes back to how we feel and everything comes back to looking after your mental space. So why is this so neglected? Why do people, why are people only talking about what we're eating and how we're exercising? No one's talking about how are we staying motivated? How are we creating sort of healthy habits? How are we feeling good for ourselves? How are we not comparing ourselves to others? How are we making sure that we're in a good headspace every day? And, you know, again, it goes back to what I said previously about understanding that health is, is multifaceted. Your health isn't just your physical appearance. Um, there's so much to this and, and, you know, we, we could go on all day, but it's, it's such an important concept to get right that the mental space around fitness and, and obviously with COVID um, happening over the last year, uh, unfortunately you, you'd imagine that, I mean, the statistics are there for everybody to see like suicide rates, the highest that it's, that it's been ever, um, you know, pe- people have struggled mentally. And, and of course that's just natural with, with the sort of situation that we've all, we've all sort of found ourselves in. Um, so it's going forward, it's going to be really important how we come out of this, the other side, and there's going to be complications, um, sort of socially as well as, health and fitness wise i think we're the most i was reading statistics the other day that we were the mo- we're the most sedentary we've ever been um and obviously because we've obviously been told to stay at home so completely understandably so but that's got to change and how are we going to come out of this other side because now we've actually got a lot of bad habits i'd imagine that are ingrained in terms of not leaving the house not going for walks you know the winter weather doesn't help um not exercising because we don't have access to gyms because they're closed. Um, you know, it's, and now we've got to reverse that and that all starts with mentality and wanting to change. Right. Yeah. Hey, what are some of the challenges that you've had in, in those spaces? I mean, you're in an industry, you talk about like comparing yourself to to others and Mm -hmm. you're in an industry where that's gotta be tough to avoid. For sure. Yeah. And it's very, very difficult. And when I first started, I was, I was very bad at it. Uh, (laughs) And it's just over the years, you kind of just, I guess you kind of grow a thick skin to it, if you like. And you kind of just sort of understand that at the end of the day, you can you can only control the controllables. Um, and if you're just making sure you're doing everything you can, then it's kind of out of your hands. And that links back to what I said earlier about sort of fulfillment for me. And like, I, I am a hundred times more fulfilled from my eat, look, feel side of work. Mm. And seeing a client, you know, completely change their mindset towards nutrition than I am to see, say, like a campaign of mine go live or anything like that in the modeling space. Um, and I think that's just down to probably time within the industry and also the fact that I just don't, I don't get much fulfillment from from the modeling game because it's just, I believe it's obviously just what you look like, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's something a lot of people don't even think about, especially if you're not in a great headspace, is, is you're always trying to, you're, you're thinking about yourself, but one of the quickest ways to get out of that is to help somebody else, right? Is to, to bring somebody else up. And it it's weird because it can almost be, it doesn't come across as it, but it can almost be a selfish thing it, be, because it brings you a, a sense of fulfillment, uh, um, that you just don't get, you know, you can, you know, murder a workout, eat perfect um mm-hmm. you know meditate take cold showers do breath work all of these different things but but there is something about making a connection with somebody else and then just helping them in one way or the other uh that that i, I want to say it's my experience but it, but it's not unique i think it's 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 across the board um yeah it, it's just an amazing feeling right to to help somebody else and i and it i think it cha- it changes our uh, or I know it changes my mindset on things. I could be in a really shitty place, but it, if, yeah. even if I have to pretend I'm not, and it, you help somebody, it changes everything within myself as well. Completely. Yeah. And, and it, it kind of links back, if you like, to what we were saying earlier about these sort of emotions that create habits, because then it, it, it ignites the fire. If you like, mm-hmm. you know, you speak to a client who, who has sort of said to you, you know what, Dan, my, 
my sort of complete mindset around my my training and my my nutrition has changed. I feel like everything's aligned for me. I'm moving in the right direction and other areas of my life are now thriving. That is it's addictive because then you're like, oh, you know what? This makes me feel good. I love this. This is what I want to do. And this is how I want to help people. And then that's just kind of, you know, it, it, it becomes a habit after a while, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, what is some of the things you're doing? I mean, do you have... Do you have like a philosophy you follow? Is there is are are you doing things like breath work or or meditation or or what what is your what are your practices? So I actually I, I've dabbled with breath work in the past. I don't I don't sort of um, particularly implement anything regimented, sure. if you like. Um, I've kind of dabbled with Wim Hof uh, and the sort of whole ice bath experiments and that sort of thing. Um, I, I obviously know my box breathing and that sort of thing as well. I think it's very, very powerful. Yeah. Very, very powerful. Um, one thing that I sort of a bad habit for me, if you like, is that I don't meditate enough. And I know that um, I tend to have a brain that sort of is very, I overthink everything and it's very go, go, go. Um, and I don't meditate enough. And I know that there is a lot of value in meditation and I recommend it to my clients a lot, but it's something that I, <laughs> I get do myself. I, I get um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm the best role model there, but you know, it's it's something that I need to work on. Uh, but, but, and, but saying, cool. I'm sorry to cut you off here, but saying those things, I think makes a connection with people. I, I honestly do to say, Hey, I tell other people to do it. Yeah. I don't do it near enough, but, but um, you know, because I think that gets back to, Hey, like, did you have any barriers? The fact that, that uh, you look like the way you do, I, I think that vulnerability of even saying those things or, or, or vocalizing that even if you're having a bad day or struggling, I think that is a really great way to break down barriers to people. Oh, completely. And, and you know, that's, that's something that I, I get across to, to all of my clients that I hope and anyone who even sort of declares their interest, if you like, in it look feel is that this isn't about becoming me at all. It's, it's becoming a better version of yourself. Yeah. And I don't use, you know, I don't tell you to eat what I eat. I tell you using the education that I have, I, that's how I draw. So, you know, th there are times where I'm not perfect. It's not like I'm saying oh, I'm amazing. I'm perfect. Come and come and do what I do. Mm -hmm. Not at all. It's the opposite. It's actually using all of the education I have had over the years and the experience that I've had to create something for you towards in improving you, if you like. Do you ever even hold that stuff like close to your chest? And, and so I don't know what your, your diet looks like. I imagine, uh, what it, what it must, what it must look like. Do you almost feel like apprehensive of you and sharing that stuff just because it, 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 you feel it could take away from, uh, or, you know, bleeds into what the expectations of, of, of clients? No, because I think my diet would probably look very different to what you'd imagine. Uh, because I think there's a bit of a stigma and a sort of, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but there's, there's almost like a picture of what anyone who sort of trains a lot and eats a lot, eats well, eats every day, well, which is actually very wrong when you start understanding the, the sort of principles of nutrition. Uh, and that's one thing that I try and get across to my clients. Like this is about balance. This is about a creating a lifestyle, right? It's very different to a diet. And I mean, that's one of it. You can ask any of my clients. That's probably the, one of the most used phrases that I've ever, that I <laughs> ever is that this is a lifestyle. It's not a diet. The yeah. diet has an end point, whereas I'm creating a lifestyle. So we're going to incorporate the foods that you enjoy. We're going to incorporate a nutritional strategy that works for you around your lifestyle, because that's how we're going to turn this into a lifestyle for you. I could give you a, I could give you a low calorie diet. If, if say for instance, weight loss is, is the goal. I could give you a low calorie diet easily and we could see quick results in eight weeks, but then we're going to get to eight weeks and where are you going to go from there? Because there's nothing sustainable about that. And once we once as soon as we move away from sustainability, it's then a diet. There's an end point, right? And what we want to do is create healthy habits. What we want to do is create a healthy lifestyle. So in eight weeks, you might not be exactly where you want to be, but you're now sort of armed with the knowledge that you can get to where you want to be. And more importantly, stay where you want to be.
Yeah. That's where the power is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's that delayed gratification of, uh, um, and being in, in the right mental space to, to make that a sustainable thing. So without, without pulling the curtains back on your program too much, what, what, so explain that on a diet side, uh, mm-hmm. you, you said to yourself, like you might be surprised in what my actual, my diet actually looks like, um, yeah. dive, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. What, it, what does your diet look like? What do you think would be surprising to people? Uh, if you were, well, wh- now when you do tell them that, what, what's your, your diet? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So for say my diet or any diet that I sort of build for, for, for someone, um, it, it is based around, you know, you, you sort of five to 10 fruit vegetable portions a day. It's, it's usually a very high protein diet. Um, but there's complete balance with carbs and fats. Obviously this is completely, it's difficult to sort of give blanket advice because, you know, I, I work with some athletes who are, who are intaking 4,000 calories a day and I work oh. with some sedentary older shit sort of demographic who are intaking 1700 calories a day. Um, so obviously it's very dependent, but it's, it's very balanced. It's working with the foods that you enjoy. So, I mean, for instance, if I told you that I eat chocolate, say dark chocolate, most nights at probably half, half nine at night, not many people would believe that, Yeah. but it's just a way for me to, I have a very sweet tooth. I always have. And it's about then instead of me then getting cravings, I find that I can fit that into my strategy quite easily. Yeah. And I find that sort of thing actually takes, you know, it, it it's not going to undo my work. And it what it does is it stops me from binging and stops me from craving anything sweet because I actually satisfy that need, yeah. but in a controlled way that I that is sustainable for me and my lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. The the whole thing around nutrition is it's it's crazy to see how many changes that have have kind of come down the pipe and and how we're we're changing our thoughts on fats and uh, compared to you know just a couple of years ago, right? Incredibly so, yeah. I mean, the the whole nutrition industry is is it's changing very quickly and for the right reasons. Um, it's it's so powerful. Your your personal nutrition is everything. Um, it's so so powerful in terms of even even so closely linked to your mental health which I think is so powerful. Your nutrition controls, you know, your gut health and your gut is so, so closely linked to your brain. And that's something that, you know, we don't, we don't pay enough attention to at all. I don't believe. Yeah. Um, and, and even digging deeper in terms of inflammation and injury in the body, like you can control these things so much so through your nutrition. And it's something that's so neglected. Um, the education's improving, don't get me wrong. And it's, and it's incredible to see, but it's not there yet. And, you know, there is so much more we can do in terms of understanding and aligning our personal nutrition way, way, way past just body composition goals. And that's kind of where people, if you like the the common knowledge is, well, I need to be on a diet if I want to change my physique and nothing is ever said about say nutrition per se in the mental health space. So, you know, you're, you're struggling with depression or something like that. It's, it's usually medication we turn to. It's no one looks at your diet. And obviously I'm speaking, I'm speaking sort of, I, I don't know the ins and outs in terms of, obviously I'm sure there are some sort of mental health practitioners out there that do address nutrition, but the general information, what I'm talking about, it isn't spoken. It isn't spoken enough, the power of nutrition. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I, and I, I think you're, you're right. I think we're seeing a, a, a lot bigger connection between the two uh, as, as time goes on. And um, it's exciting to see on, on how far that goes. I think that that relying on pharmaceuticals and, and I'm, I'm on the same page, right? I, I'm I hold I hold no degrees within the, the world of, of psychology or uh, but but there there for sure is a connection between how we're feeling and, and how we're eating and, and even even getting into the the time feeding or, or the fasting and what that's doing for for people with different illnesses and and um, very much so yeah yeah I'm always apprehensive about getting into it just because my I, I'm only regurgitating information from from people much smarter than myself so I, so I always feel like I can always start something but but when they we get into the weeds on it I'm I'm going to be lost <laughs> so uh, <laughs> are we all yeah no right. no. And, you know, it's one of them things is it's, it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. If you like, the more, you know, the less, you know, mm-hmm. um, the more you start understanding these things, the less you start 
you, the, the, the less you think you know and you think oh i've got a whole you know another, another paradigm to go down there and uh but yeah in general I, I do believe nutrition is is very overlooked and that aligning your nutrition your exercise and your mindset to where to where you want to go can can create such a healthy lifestyle for you to actually thrive in all the other areas of your life yeah so in, and that's and that's what we try to do with it at Elook Phil, you know, is is help people align those things for them, take that out of it for you, so they can work knowing that their nutrition, their training, and their mindset is all at the optimal level for them. Working with them towards better for themselves, and then also to thrive in all of the other areas of their lives. Dan, I love what you're doing, man. I, I love the concept of look, eat, feel. I think I appreciate it's, I, that a lot. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Uh, Tell people where they can find you if, if they're if they're interested in signing up uh, or at least even exploring w- w- what you guys have got going over there at Eat Look Feel. How do they find you? Yeah, so amazing. So at www.eatlookfeel.com, um, we have a weekly newsletter um, which we put out, which literally just has a nutrition, a training, and a mindset topic each week. Uh, super simple, super quick, uh, just for people to digest. And then if you're interested in coaching and aligning your own personal nutrition, training and mindset, um, fill in a lead form at Look Phil and I will be in touch and arrange a onboarding call. Awesome. Awesome. I signed up last night. I got you. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> All right. All right. Good stuff. Dan, thanks so much, man. I, I, I love what you, like I said, I, I don't want to keep rambling on about it, but I, I, I love the concept of it. I think it's well needed. Keep doing what you're doing, man. And uh, I very much appreciate that. I, and and to yourself as well. Keep up the um, the power of habits is 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 massive. So keep up the good work. And I very 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 much appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. Top man. Thanks, JT. All right, that's it for me. Thanks, thanks to Dan Hyman. Please check out Eat, Look, Feel. Sign up for what this guy's doing, man. He's uh, he's helping a lot of people. And please leave a review. Uh, check out their website, check out consequenceforhabit.com, see what we got going on there. And I will catch you all next time.